Hello, Believers. It's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs, influencers with the tools and the confidence, and most of all, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. So today, we are going to talk about the $100 million mistake. Yes, emphasis on MC, because we are talking about Mickey D's today. And if you think that this episode doesn't have anything for you, if you are an entrepreneur, influencer, or ever expect to make money and scale the business and the brand that you have, trust me, this is one that you want to listen to. But before we get into that, let's go to our guiding thought and scripture for today, which comes from Leviticus 25, 14. And it says, and if you make a sale to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor, you shall not wrong one another. And your neighbor in this case doesn't mean necessarily the person that lives next door to you. It means your fellow man. So if you do business with your neighbor, you should not wrong one another. I had to, had to, had to do this episode, not only because McDonald's is a global brand, but also because the story of McDonald's, as I have always heard it, is that it was founded in Illinois and it's an icon in Chicago. And that just is not the truth. So (laughs) really, I'm going to strongly implore and encourage you to see this film if it hasn't left theaters. It wasn't showing on a lot of screens when I saw it. And if it's not now, I can totally understand that because it really doesn't paint McDonald's in a very positive light. They have spun a false narrative based on who we believe the founder to be Ray Kroc when Ray Kroc is really not the founder of McDonald's at all to give you the long and the short of the story McDonald's started in San Bernardino California from two brothers whose last name was McDonald and they had completely revolutionized the industry so before we had fast food as we know it there were these drive up restaurants where women on roller skates or little waitresses would come out and bring the food to your car and they would use plates and silverware. So it was kind of like a restaurant experience, but from your car. And so they totally revolutionized that by taking away the plates, by taking away the forks, by taking away the waitress. And they had paper bags and revolutionized the way that the system worked where everybody had their own station for pickles, for ketchup, for grilling, for fries. And they revolutionized the system so that you could literally get your food in 30 seconds. Those brothers literally changed the game and were making money like gangbusters. And when Ray Kroc saw it, he said, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. This is a game changer. Ray Kroc was a salesman had had a long history of door to door sales, some things successful, some things were a piece of crap, but he was a relentless salesperson. And when he saw this concept, he went to these brothers and he said, franchise, you got a franchise. And they were like, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're doing good here. I We can't control the quality. We tried to do the franchising before and we couldn't control the quality because people weren't doing the system that we used. And they started selling things like burritos and biscuits. And we really couldn't control it when we were branching off into other states. And so we've been there. We've done that. We're not interested. But Ray was relentless. Ray Kroc was relentless. So I kept asking myself during the movie, I'm like, how is it that he's getting credit for being the founder of McDonald's when clearly he did not develop the concept? What happened was because Ray was so relentless, he came up with the idea to franchise 
franchise it in such a way where he could maintain the quality and the control and the standards by recruiting the very people that McDonald's was designed to serve. And so because the original founders of McDonald's took away the drive through and the waitresses and things like that, they started to attract a different crowd. Before they had a bunch of teenagers who were smoking and just hanging out. But once they changed the concept and removed the waitresses and the cars and a way to kind of hang out and show off what kind of car you were driving, then they started to attract families. And so Ray Kroc started to recruit families, veterans, men and women who were trying to create a nest egg and a legacy for their families. And those became the original owners and operators, what we know as franchisees of McDonald's. And so I give him a lot of credit for taking a one store concept and taking it nationwide. However, Ray and the brothers started to butt heads in such a way because Ray started looking at ways to innovate and to cut cost and to streamline the process. And the brothers were very strict about quality control. And they had a signed contract that Ray Kroc would only get 1.9% of every product sold. And so back in those days, it's a 15 cent burger. So 1.9% of a 15 cent burger, as you can see, it wasn't long before Ray was broke. Okay. He had taken out a second mortgage on the house to revolutionize this franchising concept. And he was about to go broke. And this is where the story really changes. Even though he had a contract with the brothers and even though they had control over McDonald's, he had control over the franchising. And so essentially he connected with the gentleman that said, listen, Ray, Instead of controlling the franchise, how about you control the land that the franchise is built on? Instead of you trying to build these restaurants, why don't you just buy the lot that the restaurants are built on? And then the owners and operators will pay you rent to lease that lot from you. And so that before even the first burger is sold, you will be in profit because now you are a landlord instead of a restaurant owner. And that is how McDonald's Corporation became one of the largest real estate holding companies in the world. And so McDonald's is really not about burgers. McDonald's is about real estate. And because he was able to go and purchase these lots, he bought the land from underneath the brothers and eventually was able to rob them of their business. Ultimately, he bought them out and he was able to do whatever he wanted on his property because the brothers did not own the property. All they owned was the burger concept. One lesson that I have to share from this movie is that Ray took them out to dinner and he said, how did you come up with this? I, I got to know. He said, I've, I've seen a lot of things in my life. I've, I've been coast to coast selling this and selling that. How did you do this? The brothers sat down and they shared their playbook, opened it right up to them. So that's the first lesson. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, be careful who you share your playbook with. And I know that I preach and the Bible preaches, give and it shall be given to you. At the same time, the Bible also encourages us to use discernment. And the Bible says that you can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears. And so because Ray Kroc was not a man of high moral aptitude <laughs> and did not have a high level of integrity, he came into the arrangement with ill intentions. And so when they opened up the playbook, 
Ray was able to take that information and basically undercut and sell out the brothers for the amount that he did. And so when you're thinking about partnering with other people, make sure that you do your due diligence, make sure that you check them out. Not only are they just good at what they do, because I will give Ray Kroc credit. He was a heck of a salesman. He could sell sand to the beach. He could sell an igloo to the Arctic. He was a phenomenal salesman. He was amazing at what he did. And sometimes that's what we look at. We look at, oh, they are the bomb at this and look at their results and look at how much money they made. They're obviously successful. So let me partner with them. This is a win-win opportunity. But he did not value the same thing that the brothers valued. The brothers valued family. They valued quality. They valued the experience. And Ray valued dollar dollar bills, y'all. And those are two completely different ideologies. Those are two completely different philosophies. At one point in the movie, one of the brothers said, we let a wolf into the hen house. This is all of our fault. And it was because their values were misaligned. So number one, be careful who you share your place book with if you are going to share your secrets and your strategies and and things that you do make sure that you're sharing it with someone who shares your values that has the same level of integrity because in this day and age where people are trying to to get rich and get rich quick and get their name out there and they see somebody that's got a system that's working people will copy and steal everything that's why you see so many things on social media now that are coming up with water stamps and watermarks because people will basically take your whole meme your your whole concept, even the copy off your web page and paste it right into their thing as though they created it because they see something that's working. And so if you're going to sit down and share your secrets, make sure that you are very, very careful about who that is or that you have them sign some sort of non-disclosure agreement and some non-compete clause so that you can't be undercut or undersold or swindled on the back end. The second thing that I want you guys to think about. So the second lesson from this movie is to consider all the angles. And so the brothers thought they were protected because they had a contract which gave them control over what happened over their restaurant. But Ray, instead of having control over the restaurant, he built McDonald's corporations, a real estate holding firm, which was completely different. And so even though the brothers had copyright and legal access to the actual restaurant, Ray had control over the name, okay, over the name McDonald's and over the property for which the restaurant resided on. And so sometimes when you're getting into business with someone, you're only looking at it from one angle. This is why attorneys are important. If anybody watched the new edition story on BET, oh my gosh, lawyer, up lawyer up okay do not try to negotiate these deals on your own especially when you're talking about something that's going to be franchised or produced in mass I know some of you are product builders and you're so excited because your product is in this store and it's in that store but make sure that you have somebody looking out for your best interest and reading the fine print the but the brothers could not have envisioned that Ray could have undercut them by purchasing the property they they didn't even think about that because they were so focused on the restaurant and the food sales aspect of their business. But the lesson for you is no matter what your business is, and this goes back to a lesson from the Belief in Action series, understand what business you're in. 
just because you have a best-selling book out, what are some other things, some other angles that could be looked at that could be leveraged? And sometimes you're so focused on what your product or what your service is or what it is that you're really good at that you're not looking at it from the perspective of someone who's trying to create a monopoly or franchise or change and revolutionize what it is that you're already doing. So lesson number two is make sure that you consider every angle. The brothers were focused on food and someone who knew of Ray's struggles said, hey, here's a way to get around the food piece. Here's a way that you can undercut. So make sure that you have someone looking at all of the angles so that you can protect yourself. Number three, and this was the heartbreaker slap in the face. Ray handed the brothers a blank check and said, what do you want? Name your price. What do I have to do to buy you out? Because they were in such turmoil. They were in such conflict. And Ray said, listen, you are not going to beat me. I have a real estate holding firm. And you guys know there is millions of dollars in real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. The brothers couldn't compete with that. So if they were going to take him to court, then eventually their money would have run out. And so they knew that they weren't going to get rid of him and they knew that they weren't going to beat him. And so Ray handed them a blank check and said, name your price. And so the price that they named was $3.5 million. $1.7 million for each brother. And so after taxes, you know, they would each get about a million, a little bit more than that, a piece, which for the 1950s and 60s, that's a heck of a lot of money when you think about, you know, inflation and appreciation of the dollar. But what they also asked for was 1% of all sales in perpetuity. So for as long as Ray Kroc owned and operated McDonald's Corporation that the brothers would get 1% of all sales. Well, Ray came to the table with a check for each brother. And he said, listen, I got these stockholders. I got these investors. I am willing to give you the revenues in perpetuity, but we got to do that on a handshake because Otherwise, my investors are going to pull out. The stockholders are going to back out. It makes them nervous. But trust me, I'm not going to cheat you. Even though up to this point, he had proven himself so dishonest. He said, I assure you, you will get your revenues. And what happened? They shook on it. Now, do you think those brothers ever got their money? crickets no they never got their money and how much did they lose 100 million dollars okay 100 million dollars not only had he swindled them out of their business but he swindled them out of any profits that they could have made on the back end. And even though a million dollars is a lot of money, especially for that time. But when you think about generational wealth, family sustaining wealth, in fact, their name, it was their name, McDonald's. Ray had even bought them out of that, which brings me to lesson number four. Make sure that you protect your name. If any of you have ever seen that movie, What's Love Got to Do With It about Tina Turner? Well, you know that Tina Turner's real name is what? Anna Mae Bullock. However, she had built her fame, her fortune, her reputation with the name Tina Turner. And she said, I can have everything except my name. I worked too hard for it. This is where I have built my bread and butter. 
I want my name. Make sure that you protect your name. The Kardashians and their soon-to-be sister-in-law, Black China, are in court right now because Black China knows what the Kardashian name is worth. And so they are in court to block her from ever creating any sort of products using the name Angela Kardashian because Angela is Black China's real name. Don't look at me sideways. Don't judge me. Yes, I know this. And it doesn't mean that I keep up with the Kardashians. However, there are many lessons to be learned from a business perspective regarding that situation. And so the Kardashians are in court right now to protect their name because they feel like having her as a part of it would sully their reputation. And I'm going to leave that right where it is. Crickets. Okay, so that's the lesson. Make sure that you protect your name because when they sold the business to Ray Kroc, when they finally decided, okay, we're going to let you buy us out. The contract said that they could not use the name McDonald's, Mickey D's, or any sort of variation of that name. And once they had signed on the dotted line, what did Ray Kroc do? He went and built the restaurant a McDonald's right across the street from the original location. So he put the brothers out of business, made them take their name off of their own restaurant and then built a McDonald's right across the street. And of course, what happened, the brothers went out of business. And so last lesson. So the fifth lesson out of all of this is that make sure that you maintain creative control of your ideas. If you are the author and the architect of some really fantastic idea or innovation that is fantastic and if it's so popular and so attractive that somebody wants to acquire it and buy it from you that is fantastic but if it's something that you want to make sure that you keep up with in perpetuity and your goal isn't just to sell it but you actually want to be a part of it and you see the the possibilities for sustainable revenue in the long term make sure that you maintain creative control in other words make sure that you control what happens with that business going forward so that even if it's owned by somebody else you're still the creative director or that the innovation or that the changes or that the specs still have to be run through you. Otherwise, you could end up losing it all. So ladies and gentlemen, I know that you are thinking, wow, and Google it, Google all of this. It was such a good movie for an entrepreneur. I was like, wow, I have to share this with my audience because sometimes we think, you know, when when the music industry comes calling or the television industry comes calling or some big corporation or conglomerate comes calling, we're like ready to run down the street, turn cartwheels and shout in the church. I was like, mama, we made it. Mama, we made it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. They don't share the values that they share. They are in it to make money, period, point blank. Think about every artist, okay? Every musical artist and these tales that we hear of artists who have gone broke, TLC, New Edition, Boys to Men, so many artists, so many football players have gone broke, which actually that, that's lesson number six. Talent is not enough. It's, it's not enough for you to be talented. You have to know the business side of the business. And I know that that part is like, oh, that's not creative. That sucks. That drains my energy. I don't want to have to deal with that. Can't somebody else do it? That somebody else could be the somebody that will cheat you and your family out of your legacy, out of your destiny, your birthright. So make sure that 
you do understand the business aspect of whatever creative industry you're a part of, whether you're a blogger, whether you're a singer, whether you're a speaker, there is a even the church has a business operational side of that institution. Make sure that you understand the business of what it is that you're doing and not so focused on the talent and the creative aspects of it, because it is the business where you can really end up being wounded beyond repair. All right, folks. So that is our episode for today. The $100 million mistake. If you have questions, if you've seen the movie, you've got takeaways and shout outs, go ahead and hit me up at Dr. Shante says on Twitter or on Instagram, and I will see you next time.